all-too-magical Christmas. A seasonal report in 24 sections. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Incident Report YUL 20 backslash 12. Section 4. I was woken the next morning by an alarm. Funny how language works, isn't it? If I'd said the alarm, you'd have known it was something I expected, like an ordinary bedside clock. The moment I called it an alarm, you got worried. That doesn't sound usual. I got worried too. It wasn't usual. It was very much not usual at all. This wasn't any usual kind of alarm. This was what we call a clarion. A clarion is a special kind of alarm. It is important, it's loud, it's magical. It sounds entirely in your head, and it doesn't switch off until you're doing something about it. It is impossible to snooze, impossible to ignore, and impossible to like. It got me out of bed and didn't switch off until I was actually in the monitoring room, looking at the readouts. I want you to picture one of those big panels you see in old movies, covered in lights and gauges, usually showing something like an electricity grid or international shipping, or the status of deadly killer satellites or something like that. Anyway, that's what the monitoring room in the tower looks like. Only these gauges are showing the strength in magical fields around the city of London. Now, imagine towards the end of that movie when everything is going wrong and all those lights are flashing and all the gauges are going crazy. That. Worrying, isn't it? Very worrying. I stood staring at the board. I'd never seen anything like this in my entire life, and certainly not in the city of London. I hope I've made it plain so far that this kind of thing just doesn't happen here. This was very much not what I had been expecting for my quiet Christmas duty, and I was not prepared for it. I didn't know what to do. There was magic everywhere, everywhere magic wasn't supposed to be. I stared at it in horror, trying to think what to do. And then the clarion went off again in my head. This was apparently not a time for thinking, it was a time for doing. Not that I could think, with that noise clanging around in my skull. I tried to pick something out on the board. Leadenhall Market. The gauge was right off the scale, the needle buried in the red at the far right-hand end. This time the clarion didn't stop until I was in the departmental van and on my way. Leadenhall Market is actually a number of streets winding away between office blocks, all covered over in glass, held up by monumental and brightly coloured Victorian ironwork. It's more of a shopping arcade these days, full of cafes and bars and the kind of stores that sell expensive and pointless presents, but it's still a bit of old London hidden away there among the new. That only made me more worried, of course. It's the old bits that you've got to watch. They've had more time to soak up history. It's where the past is that little bit closer to the present. That's where the magic seeps through. 
the first thing I saw as I got out of the van on Grace Church Street was Father Christmas. I mean, it wasn't, on closer inspection, but on first glance I really thought it was, a chubby little man with a fluffy white beard whose red jacket was pulled tight with a black silver belt over a shaking belly and whose bright little eyes twinkled out from underneath a red-pointed hat with a flashing pom-pom at the end. It was the illuminated hat that persuaded me it wasn't the real Father Christmas. I don't think the real one wears one of those. That and the fact that as I watched another Santa, this one considerably thinner and without a beard, came running past and shot into the market. I followed them. The whole market was full of them. People in Santa costumes, all milling about, shouting and larking. And just when I thought I couldn't get more worried, it must be some kind of charity thing. It was a common thing at this time of year. Get dressed up as Father Christmas and go on a fun run or a pub crawl or a fun run that devolves into a pub crawl. Whichever it was, no matter how well-intentioned it might be, it was bad news. A seasonal ritual inside an historic site with magic running out of control. Definitely time to be worried. And then, as if to confirm my concerns... The little fat Santa turned, grabbed hold of a chair outside a cafe, and quite casually flung it through the window of a chocolate shop opposite. As I watched, he crossed over and reached through the broken glass to pull out a box of chocolates from the window display. He turned, saw me watching, and smiled, a big happy smile. He trotted up to me and pressed the box into my hands with an enthusiastic, Merry Christmas! His eyes sparkling and his cheeks positively glowing with good cheer, or possibly drink. And he was gone again, wrestling out more of the window display and flinging the contents out at the other Santas around him. Then there was another smash, and another. And they were all suddenly at it, all the Santas, smashing shop windows, grabbing what was inside, and then handing it to each other with all the glee of handing out Christmas presents. This was really putting the Nick into St. Nick, which was what they were doing, of course, they weren't drunk. This was Christmas spirit they were full of, and they didn't look like stopping. All that wild magic making the gauges go haywire had found a place to go, a jolly gang of increasingly riotous Santas. I had to think of something. And that was when I saw the sign. Back when Leadenhall Market had been an actual market, one of the things they sold there was geese. Real live geese, at least live at the time of sale, not destined to be live much longer after that, except for one of them, old Tom. Tom was a resourceful goose who escaped the butcher, hid out in the market and quickly became the hero of Leadenhall, living there until he died as he preferred, of old age and overeating, which was when they put up a plaque to him. I don't know what it was that put the idea into my head. Maybe it was just Christmas and Santa and pantomime and the whole season. But in my defence, it seemed like an excellent idea right then, and I didn't have time to think of another one. If the Santas were so keen on giving out presents, why not give them something truly valuable to give away? I pulled out my wand. This was going to be tricky. It wasn't exactly Tom I was summoning. I would need a female goose. Would this even work with all this raw magic in the air? Could I concentrate, surrounded by a horde of enchanted Father Christmases, all busily handing each other stolen goods? I was somewhat relieved then when a fat white goose came waddling around the corner, looked up at me and honked, 
and as it honked, behind it, a golden egg fell to the cobbles and rang when it hit, clear and resonant like a bell. At the sound, all the Santas turned as one, and then rushed for the egg. It was working. I was considerably less relieved, however, when the goose, catapulted, ruffled and honking from a scrum of Santas, came rushing towards me, and before I knew what was happening, had grabbed the one from my hand and took off, flapping down Leadenhall Market with it in her beak. I leapt after her, and in that instant, so did a crowd of laughing Santas, picking me up, jostling me from shoulder to shoulder. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Before spinning me out the other end of their cheerful maelstrom. I was left stranded on the pavement, watching as the goose, carrying my wand, turned out into Gracechurch Street, a crowd of St. Nick's on her webbed heels, golden eggs clanging to the ground behind her as she went. You have been listening to An All-Too-Magical Christmas, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. The music is The Russian Dance from Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker, played by the Norman Leyden Orchestra and by Spike Jones and his City Slickers, both sourced from the Internet Archive. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, as well as most places that there are podcasts. But... Wherever it is, please rate and review us. It really helps. We also now have a YouTube channel. Just search YouTube for Tales from Ruritania or follow the link in the show notes for more seasonal stories and videos. You can get in touch through our website at ruritania.co.uk where you can also find links to all our other stories. And tune in next episode for another exciting update from your hard-working government wizard. Music